Hi everyone, welcome to SAMA, a program which invites experts each week to discuss a topic from their area of expertise. This week we are delighted to have Dr. Becky Gillespie to explain to us how to lose weight even after we reach the giddy age of 50 years old. Do you eat to fight off boredom or stress? Are you too busy to make weight loss a priority? And are you self-sabotaging your efforts? Are you tired of trying to make sense of all the advice out there or making the first steps because it all sounds so complicated? Now, Becky fortunately knows there's a lot more to losing weight than simply finding a good diet and exercising program. She too has been overweight and out of shape and she understands why you wish to return to the good weight but still sometimes have destructive habits and behaviours. Becky graduated in 1991 with a Doctor of Chiropractic degree from Palmer College. She has worked as an on-air health consultant for a local ABC TV affiliate and spent most of her professional career teaching a range of college courses from anatomy to nutrition. She now works full-time helping people reach their health and weight loss goals through her website drbeckyfitness.com and her YouTube channel. Becky, welcome to SAMA. It's fantastic to have you with us. Thank you so much, John. It's nice to be here with you. Why do people find it so hard to lose weight? Yes, well, uh, so big question, right? So, I, always, I always start with the tough ones. Yeah, yeah let's start broad and, and, uh, and narrow down. Uh, you know, so there's, um, I, I think what we can kind of boil it down to is that uh, we have been taught, uh, you know, and now, I'm talking from somebody over the age of 50, which is kind of where we're, we're going to end up our focus, but we can, we can broaden this out to just about anybody. We, we were brought up um, with kind of the food pyramid and uh, yes. the idea of, uh, you know, all of the carbs at the bottom, uh, you know, fat and sweets at the, at, at the top. And so there was, there was some good about that um, in, in, in an idyllic world, uh, the carbs that we would have chosen would have been our whole carb carbohydrates, our vegetables, uh, some some healthy fruits, things that are intact and have all their their fibers and all of their nutrients in there. But what we ended up doing is refining all of those carbohydrates. And right. the, more, the more you refine them, it, it refining is basically like pre-digesting the food, right? So you're breaking it down. So when it goes in you, it takes much less work for your digestive system to break it down. And what that means is it goes into your system very quickly. And that's where we ended up uh, flipping the flipping things and started to see that as a society, as a whole, we started to gain weight. So it started off as a good idea because when the pyramid was drafted up, carbohydrates weren't so fattening? Would that be a, a good summary of what you've that is seen? Actually not a, that's actually not a bad way to, bad way to put it. Um, now, now we, um, you know, we could even go back farther than the pyramid. So the, the food pyramid, which you know, I, I think a lot of people are familiar with, it's kind of iconic, uh, at least in the United States it is, um, was, uh, form, um, was put on the scene in around 1992. Now we could go back two decades earlier than that, where we started our our, our battle against 
eating dietary fat. So everything became low fat yes. in, a, in about the 70s. Uh -huh. And if we're, if we're in our 50s, we, we, we grew up in, this, in the 70s, right? So that is when we, we all started to, this, this war against, against fat. And everything became low fat. Mm -hmm. um, the, the challenge with that was that low fat foods were no longer flavorful. Fat adds a lot of flavor. And so we had to put something into these foods to, to add flavor. Well, one of the things that we put in was sugar because sugar is, a, is very palatable, right? It really improves the, the taste of, of food. So we really, in a, a matter of a couple of decades, so from the 70s up to, the, to like 92 when we released the food pyramid, we had really taken a lot of fat out of our diet and we had replaced it with carbohydrates, but not the carbohydrates that our body was thriving on. It was the carbohydrates that were high in sugar and refined. And that's um, what that does then is it really sets off a change in us hormonally. And that hormonal change is what really leads to the weight gain. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Now, um, we're going to touch on menopause and how it affects um, how, how the rules change once you cross, <laughs> once you start menopause. Now, what what are the changes that are so profound that um, that um, cause weight gain once you hit menopause? Yeah, so um, there's, a, there's a, a few things, and, and if we can just go down to the things that are specific to women at menopause, yes. uh, obviously we're talking hormones uh, again. So, uh, and the hormone I think that everybody, it springs to the top of your mind when we're, we're looking at menopause is estrogen. Yes. And certainly estrogen is, is one, of, uh, one of the criminals in the crime, right? So we... We, uh, after the age of 50, right around 50, when a woman uh, heads into menopause, the average age is, is 51, but really a woman can start experiencing um, symptoms of perimenopause even into her, her, um, thir in, into her 30s. So it depends oh. on, the, on the woman. Mm -hmm. um, but at, at that time, we're, we're losing estrogen because our ovaries are no longer producing estrogen. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, one of the reasons I think that women at menopause really start to take notice to their weight is because uh, that decrease in estrogen causes a redistribution of the way fat is, is um, deposited on your body. Mm -hmm. So a woman who, for instance, when she was in her 30s or 40s was more pear-shaped, where meaning she would put weight on easily in her hips and her thighs, she now will find that the um, belly fat is what what seems to to come on, and she notices her waist getting bigger. And so, so that is one of the things that we really start to take notice. And I think that's when you know, like a menopause and belly fat, they're they're such um, topics for for women. It's like what what's going on here? What changed to make me now have a, a waist when I didn't really have one before? Yes, yes. It's not just women too. I mean, men don't get menopause but there's certainly hormonal changes through the years mm -hmm. and there's a difference in calorific intake requirements when you're in your early 20s as opposed yeah. to your 50s 
Yeah, and yes, and and so there's there's multiple things, right? So we we kind of point the pick the point the finger at estrogen because it's the easy one to point the finger at because that's what we that's the, one of the major changes that we have. And and uh, like I said, it, it's not an innocent bystander, right? So <laughs> we studies where um, what decreased estrogen will actually ca cause a decrease in the resting uh, energy expenditure, yes. meaning that a woman after she's uh, it, at menopause yes. um, will not need as many calories to get through her day. You know, so just at rest, your resting energy expenditure has gone down due to this decrease in estrogen. That's remarkable. Just the difference in hormone levels reduces mm -hmm. your resting or your basal um, energy expenditure. It's, yeah. is that, um, when you're resting, pretty much the only energy you're using is your your brain, your breathing, your heart, and heat. So, which one of those? I hope it's not the brain. Which, uh, <laughs> well, which which utilizes a, a lot of energy. So, you know, we um, we tend to think that we only burn calories when we when we hit the gym and we go exercise and we go out for a walk, or you know, that's when we're burning calories. We burn a lot of calories um, by doing things like thinking. Um, breathing, uh, just, you know, walk, you know, walking to, from one room to the next, um, you know, digestion uses a lot of calories. Yes. So these things are, you know, uh, continually, you know, going on in, in the, in the body. So. Right. But how does a um, reduction in oxygen also make your body more efficient? And all, all the all the things you're doing until you hit menopause. Yeah. So um, the mechanism behind it is not really well understood. But what okay. it will do is when when estrogen goes down, resting energy expenditure goes down, which yes. means that you burn fewer calories at rest. So okay. you're you're going to be more prone to gain weight because you're not burning as much. So think about. A, a very muscular 25 year old man right mm -hmm. so he's he has a lot of muscle on his body which is very metabolically active uh, it is burning a lot of calories just simply by sitting on his body mm -hmm. um, where take then a, an 80 year old woman who hasn't been actively engaged in exercise for a, a decade she's mm -hmm. not going to burn as many calories you know, if you sit both of them on the couch and you sit them there for the entire day long, <laughs> this guy's going to burn a lot of calories. This lady is not. So she has a lower resting estrogen or a yeah. lower resting energy. Right, right. Now he's going to empty this snack bowl. <laughs> She'll be still the one that gains weight. <laughs> uh, unfor unfortunately, yeah. So these are the things that we're up against. And, you know, we've already, John, we've already talked about a lot about hormones, right? Um, we are just, we are just, Really, if you get down to the essence of of life, we are uh, bags of hormones, and our hormones control <laughs> everything. Um, they control when we get hungry. They control when we're satisfied. They control uh, when we get up in the morning, right? So you are at eight thirty a.m. Uh, where you're located in China. I am at eight thirty p.m. Yes. in in Pennsylvania, in the United States. Uh, you and I have much different uh, hormonal cocktails going on in our bodies right now right. Um, because simply because uh, hormones dictate our uh, 
um, our resting and our and our energized times. So, is it the pituitary, the pituitary, the uh, thyroid gland that controls these hormones predominantly? Uh, so your thyroid is that we think of that as your metabolism. Yes. Um, and and certainly certainly that plays a role in how many calories that you're going to be able to burn throughout a day. Yes. Uh, now, is that specific uh, to a woman in menopause? No. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. not every menopause and, and thyroid can be completely separate things. You know, a woman could certainly have both of those issues, but they would not, they're not necessarily just related. Right, right. So that's the problem. What's the solution? <laughs> um, yes. Well, you know, so um, it's really there's there's um, issues that we can't control uh, when we when we reach menopause. Estrogen being one of them. You know, we are not going to do something and uh, outside naturally. We're not going to do something naturally. So there are hormone replacement therapies and things of that sort. Okay. Um, but if we're speaking just naturally. We're not going to do something to re-energize the ovaries and, and, and get more estrogen uh, produced. Uh, but there are some things that we certainly can control. So really, when, when I speak with somebody who's over the age of 50 and they're, and they're lamenting that about gaining weight or when they want to lose weight, what, what I say is, you know, you need to disrupt the cycle. Um, and and we, do, we do that by controlling the things that we can control. Right. And, and, and so, and I say, I say the cycle, um, because I'll often talk about menopause producing this perfect storm, you know, so it, it uh, not, so we get a decrease in estrogen. Well, a decrease in estrogen will also increase, um, belly fat. Uh, so, but belly fat will also, um, encourage something called insulin resistance, which is, um, a, uh, a problem with our cells won't take in. Uh, energy because they are resisting insulin, insulin resistance. Um, and that causes a couple of things, one of them being weight gain. And I can, and I can go into that if you would like to, me to, but, uh, and another thing is that it, insulin resistance will cause cravings. So, so here we are, right? So we go into menopause, we have a decrease in estrogen, we have an increase in belly fat. Both of these things are causing um, an increase in insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is causing weight gain and um, and I'm, craving. So I'm now a cycle. Those, I'm, I'm detecting you know, a cycle yeah. here. Where <laughs> yeah. So so we have this perfect storm. Uh, um, uh, terrible. So, yeah. Well, well, it, it 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 is, but it's not something that we can't overcome. Okay. Certainly. I mean, we do have some some power, and and that's what I was talking about with. Um, uh, controlling the things that we can, you know, we disrupt that cycle. We disrupt that perfect storm where we can. And that really has so much to do with choosing the right foods for our body at that time. Interesting. Okay. What type of foods are they? <laughs> what foods can you, because when you're hungry, you've got to have something. And so yeah. what, what do you, what do you choose? Yeah. So one of the one of the things that really turned around, uh, and we started this conversation talking about um, how how our food choices have changed mm. from the '70s to the '90s in the food pyramid and things. And um, what 
what we what we find now that we didn't know back then or didn't have the complete understanding we had back then is that weight and weight gain and weight loss are hormonally controlled processes in the body. You know, we used to think uh, more along the lines of a calorie is a calorie, right? So it didn't matter where that calorie came from, <laughs> you know, like a Tootsie Roll or, uh, you know, um, a, a, a piece of steak. It didn't, it didn't matter, right? Those two, those two things would be, would be the fine as long as they were matched on calories. Well, we, we now know that that's not, that's not the case. Um, and the reason we didn't really zero in on that as a problem before is because we didn't understand the hormone insulin. Uh, and insulin is certainly something that we can, even after the age of 50, after menopause, we can take control of and we can start to make uh, changes in, in our weight. And here's how you do it. And I talk about food choices. So we want to, to focus our diet on foods that do not increase um, do not spike insulin. Yes. And those, those foods would actually be dietary fats. Um, do not raise your insulin. Um, proteins raise it a little bit and then carbohydrates will raise it the most. Okay. So we want to focus a little, we want to go back a little bit more and go back into a higher fat diet which is a terribly scary thing for women, you know, my age or, or over to consider because we grew up in the low fat era. Right. Right. And so, so what, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you what, how would you increase your fat intake? Yeah. What sort of foods would you have? Yeah. So good. Cause that's what I was, uh, that's where I, right <laughs> down the same path I was going, John. So, um, so, so fats. So we've got, we've got two ends of a spectrum here. So we've got healthy fats and we've got fats that, that are not as healthy. So mm -hmm. the best thing to, to, and the easiest thing to focus on is, is healthy whole fats. Um, so we have those from both the plant and animal world. Uh, so from the plant world, avocados are wonderfully high fat fruits, right? Um, nuts and, yeah, um, olives, um, we can go into then, uh, if, if a woman is able to handle dairy, we can go into, uh, there's some, some cheeses, some, um, yogurts, like a, but a full fat yogurt, not a, um, you know, here in the United States, we go into the grocery store. And there is literally half, you know, half of a row of yogurts that are low fat um, and filled with sugar. Those are not going to be helpful to you. You have to look in that little segment of the, of the aisle where they have the full fat ones with live cultures um, that are going to help your, your gut health as well. So uh, yogurt can be a wonderfully nutritious, high fat food you just have to be smart about which one that you're that you're choosing. Um, we can also go then into um, you know there's fatty fish, there's um, healthy meats that you can go into. So these whole fats. Yes. So let me understand correctly. Uh, um, if you have two yogurts, one of them is low fat, but it doesn't have the sugar added, and one is full fat again with no sugar. Is the full fat one less likely to add? to your belly fat you are correct did you did you say full fat with low sugar well uh, yeah, both, both. would not have high sugar 
Um, yes, that is that is what I am saying, and this is uh -huh. absolutely um, backward thinking of how we have been going for the past 50 or 60 years. But if we think about our progress for the past 50 or 60 years, what have we done? Obesity has <laughs> skyrocketed, right? Um, and, and there is an act, there is a physiological reason why that high fat yogurt um, with low sugar, just yes. naturally low sugar, yes. is much better than that low fat yogurt with sugar. And the reason has to do with insulin. It has to do with the effect that it has on that hormone in your body, insulin. So let me, I'm not sure I totally, I totally went through that process. So let me, let me do that. Okay. Sure. Um, and I think, and hopefully this will, will make it a little bit clearer. And we'll use, we'll use that yogurt. I think it's a great analogy. So um, like I said, uh, one of the things we want to do is control spikes in insulin. We do not want spikes in insulin. Mm -hmm. um, the reason is because insulin is a, is a nutri nutrient storing hormone. One of the nutrients it store, it is fat. So it will take, um, when we eat something that's high in sugar, our, our, uh, that goes into our bloodstream and raises our blood sugar. Yes. Now, if anyone has ever had their blood sugar check, they know that having a high blood sugar level is not a good uh, condition for your body. In fact, it's very inflammatory. Mm -hmm. So your body has mechanisms that to in place to like, like a check and balance system, right? So it, as soon as that blood sugar goes up, it's going to release a hormone called insulin to bring that blood sugar level down. Um, when it, blood sugar and insulin are high in your body, they are in storage mode. That means that, that that insulin is helping take that blood sugar out of the body and put it into storage in your body yes. somewhere, right? So it can, a little bit can go in your muscles, some of it can stay in your liver, and, but a lot of it, if there's excess, it's going to go into our big storage closets called our fat cells. Right. Yeah. So. So my point here is though, when we have sugar and we're eating something high in sugar, insulin comes to the rescue, but insulin is a storing hormone. So if insulin is high, we are making fat. We want to eat foods that are not going to raise insulin. So now let's go to that um, high fat yogurt. Yes. And we eat that, it has very low sugar. So we eat, uh, that goes into our system. We do not get, it goes, you know, it gets broken down uh, and, and we, the nutrients go into our blood, but we do not see the insulin rise when we are digesting that fat. Okay. If insulin isn't going up, we're not, we, we are not driving the nutrients, you know, we're not in storage mode. So when insulin is low, fat can come out of, the, of fat storage and be used for energy. That's totally, totally a paradigm difference to what, we're, what my parents were taught in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's totally, totally different from what we were taught earlier with this yeah. fruit pyramid, carbohydrates with the grains at the bottom. Yeah. 
Wow, that's just a total change. So this is probably one of the greatest reasons why people who are wishing to lose weight, they choose the low-fat products, yeah. and they're actually doing their bodies a disservice because their yeah. bodies then can't remove their calories from the sugars and other foods that they might be having at the same meal. Yeah, yeah. If, if, so if we're eating a lot of sugar all throughout the day, we are always in nutrient storage mode, fat storing mode, and we don't have, you know, the, the fat cells have one, a one-way door, right? So it's either going in or it's coming out, but it can't be both at the same time. So if we're constantly eating sugar, you know, and, and, and not filling up on, on the fats and things like that, um, yes, we, that, that is kind of the, that is really the, the crux of it. And the foods today, are very different from the foods of yesteryear. I don't know whether the food group uh, Oreos was around yeah. a few decades ago. I don't believe that was, although I'm sure a lot of people would love for it to be. But. <laughs> yeah. And so there's all these other things now which they they taste good and they, they make you feel full for a little while anyway. But, um, of course, these are very high in sugars. Your insulin will be high because you're trying to lose weight. So you're thinking, well, I'll do a trade-off. I'll have a fat-free yogurt and then I'll have an Oreo <laughs> to, to polish it off. And that's probably the worst thing you can do then, uh, isn't it? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but, John, I mean, you, you know, it, it does truly make sense. Um, and, and I will tell you, I was – I was. Uh, th this is really relatively new thinking – for, for me as well. Yes. Um, I was, I grew up when I first started teaching, I taught the food pyramid and, yes. uh, and, and I will tell you, you know, now some, some people, if you start young and you eat whole carbohydrates, you're not eating refined carbs, you can do quite well. You certainly can. We're talking about a group of people that have some metabolic you know, damage that, that they've done. They're, they're heavier, uh, you know, they're, they're at a, a stage of their life in, in menopause where, you know, weight gain comes on a little bit easier. So yes. we're talking about, you know, some, a, a different population here. Okay. But you're saying damage, damage isn't permanent damage. When someone's um, gained the weight, does it make a permanent change in your body's meta metabolism? If someone is say quite obese? Uh, yes. Yes, uh, there, there's certainly, um, there, there's certainly, um, we can take, for instance, insulin resistance. Yes. Um, so that develops, that is a condition that develops over time. Yes. The easiest way to think of insulin resistance is to think of it as pre-diabetes. And really, we can, we can use those terms interchangeably. Mm. Um, but once a, you know, once a person has diabetes, they can, they can, you know, possibly drop back out of that by eating a, a better diet, but it's always going to influence their, you know, their ability to lose weight at, at a certain time. So, you know, and, and, you know, part of that is just simply aging. You know, we don't have the, the strong metabolisms that we once did that bounce back. Mm. That's pretty scary. So you've got to really look after yourself, haven't you? Get, prepare yourself for the, yeah. Becomes... yeah, but I, I don't I don't want it to sound like um, that that there's nothing we can do. We we certainly can. Um, I you know I I, um, I do a lot of YouTube videos. I had just done one recently on uh, losing weight over sixty, and 
like I said, I'm 52, right? So I, I didn't feel <laughs> that I could, uh, you know, authoritatively on, a, on lose weight over 60. So I actually turned to um, uh, members of my, my forum that I, that I run who are, and I, I have many members over the age of 60. And I simply asked them three questions. I said, I said, what do you find harder now that you're over 60 with losing weight as compared to before? Um, what, what has been successful for you? Yes. And, um, and, and, and what other, you know, what other side of, you know, positive side effects have you had? The, the um, challenges that they came up with were, um, you know, feeling like they don't have the metabolism that they once did. Yeah. Um, feeling like they couldn't exercise like they, the, like they had once done mm. um, was something. Um, and also, surprisingly, um, a lot of them mentioned mindset. Um, just feeling like, uh, you know, well, this is the way it is now. You know, I, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm too old to lose weight. I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to change. You know, so like mindset type of things. Those were things that came up as as challenges for them. But I will tell you, um, the the two biggest things, and there was a there was a couple more that we can go into if you want. But the two biggest things that they found to be successful for themselves after the age of sixty to lose weight was to eat a higher allow more fats into their diet and the carbohydrates. I know. Yeah. Um, but I've seen it over and over and, and over again. And, and it was a, and for many of them, it was a very mentally challenging thing for them to do. Um, one lady said, you know, one of the hardest things about, uh, about allowing herself to, to change over the age of 60 was, was saying that, you know, I had to stop eating low fat everything and talk to myself and allow myself to eat. <laughs> yeah. We just, you know, it's what we've grown up with. It is. And once it's in the mindset, once it's in your belief system, then mm -hmm. it's very hard to knock it off its perch. Yeah. So that's really the secret reason why weight slowly adds on. And that's the thing about weight gain, isn't it? It's slow, quite often, usually. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, you know, hopefully it's not, but it's, it's, it's like a stealth problem. Mm -hmm. Sneaks up on Yeah, and you look at yourself yeah. one day, you think, oh, that wasn't there last time I looked, and oh, when was the last time I thought about it? Well, you know, a few months ago. Yeah. 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 Well, and then, and then, we, then we tend to, to react. We, yeah. you know, we wake up that one day, and whatever the trigger is, right, we catch a glimpse and we don't we don't quite like what we see or we step on a scale and we don't quite like what we see and and then we tend to be reactionary i mean it's just a natural a natural thing to to react to but right it's um you know and and, and then we will maybe um tend to like uh you know uh really try to reduce calories or things like that and and the body will you know the body's the body doesn't want that um, whether it's the low blood sugar or, or what. So um, those types of reactionary things uh, are just as, just as hard because now we, you know, now we think we're failures and, and things like that. It's not. It's simply, it's simply that we don't understand that weight loss is a hormonally controlled thing. So if we can choose the foods that play right with our hormones, we can eat well, 
and we don't we don't have to worry about the weight. On your website, there's a photo of you when you're a teenager, I think. My uh, twenty-eight, maybe flower. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, apart from looking younger, you also seem to be quite a bit thinner. Now, when you chose to lose weight at that point in time, um, were you aware of um, not having to reduce the fat intake? Yeah, um, I, I went to Whole, Whole Foods, um, but I was certainly not as high fat and low carb as I am today. Uh, that really, really took hold within the past, what, four years maybe? Yes. That, that mind that mindset um, but uh, but definitely cutting out more of the refined foods and so and, and actually that's a great that's a great point because um, you know I think probably a lot of the stuff that we're talking about some people might be going really <laughs> that could work um, and and I, and I and you certainly can go in stages to lose weight so so if someone's watching and, and they're they've been uh, really struggling with their weight one of the, I, I teach this very simple strategy. It's called, I call it zero, one, two, three strategy. It stands for this. It's zero sugar, one large salad, two cups of cooked non-starchy vegetables, and three hours before bed, stop eating. Um, those are four daily habits that you can get started on. And I, I, I kind of nickname them uh, the four habits that give your body no, no chance but to lose weight. Um, because you're removing the biggest diet destroyer, which is sugar, but you're replacing it with these very high volume, low calorie, nutrient dense vegetables. Mm. Um, and, and, and if you can just, you just fold those four habits into your, your diet. So you can eat many of the foods that you've you know, been eating as long as one of the top three ingredients isn't sugar. That's kind of my rule for, for no sugar. Yes. Um, and, and you have a big salad at, at lunch and then you have a couple of uh, cups of vegetables with, with dinner. Um, if you are doing that, you're filling your body up with volume and nutrients it, and, you're, and you're not allowing your body to go through the rapid uh, blood sugar swings that, you know, peak and then you crash and then you're so hungry that, you know, you have to grab some, some more sugar, right? Yeah. Right. Um, pregnant women, they gain weight quite quickly and all, for obvious reasons. What is the me mechanism behind that? Is that again hormones that are stipulating what the woman is craving for and yeah. the volume? Oh, I think you froze up, but uh, um, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly not an um, expert on, on pregnant, pregnancy weight gain. Um, mm -hmm. But that would not be a time that you would want to be dieting. Um, so I think I might have lost, we might have lost our feed. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oops. All right, you there, John? Yes, hello. I think now um, China's woken up and they're all using the bandwidth. Can you hear me? Hello. All right, so um, maybe I can just uh, carry on here a little bit. Oh, I can. Um, so I was I was telling John about um, the fact that uh, you can start with zero one two three, <clears throat> and um, 
then you can just simply go into cutting out, you know, re refined type of carbohydrates, eat, eat full whole carbohydrates and, um, you know, work from there and, um, you know, whole foods, whole fats. So these would be things like avocados, nuts, seeds, fruit, um, uh, whole meats, fish, um, cheeses and, and dairy, if you're able to handle those. And then from there, you can work on changing the ratios of what you're eating, you know, eat, lowering the carbohydrates and increasing the fats. So to a weight loss program for lasting results, just to summarize what you've said, it's not reducing the fats, but it's reducing sugar, reducing carbohydrates. Yep. Yep. And that reduces, yeah, so, sorry. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, th those are two of the keys. Yes. Um, re reduce carbohydrate, reduce your carbohydrates. So if you're, you know, a woman over 50 and, and in menopause, um, keeping the carbohydrates low, especially the refined carbohydrates, uh, will certainly help that, uh, keep that hormone insulin, that fat storing hormone insulin under control. Um, if you do that, uh, you'll, you'll be hungry, right? So you need to replace it with something and you want to replace it with healthy fats. Uh, yeah. healthy fats are not only very hunger satiating, uh, they also do not cause much of a reaction at all of insulin that yeah. fat storing hormone, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, eating them is not going to be, you know, feeding the, the fat cells. Long lasting weight loss and, and really getting control of, over this. Um, I would I would add one more thing. Uh, you know, when I was talking about the zero one two three strategy, the three was stop eating three hours before bed. Yes. Um, there's a lot of research now on narrowing or making shorter the amount of hours that. The reason it works, it's uh, often referred to as intermittent fasting, um, a, a more uh, a, a more techni technically correct term would be time-restricted eating, but either way you look at it, it basically is just breaking your day into a, a window of where you eat and a window where you are not eating. Um, so by stopping eating three hours before bed and then waiting a little bit more longer in the morning to eat breakfast, you give yourself a longer period of, of not eating, and that's going to keep that um, hormone insulin low as well. So you're giving your body time every day to be able to lose fat. Right, right. When people choose to lose weight, quite often they have a, a goal weight to achieve. Mm -hmm. Is there a good way of thinking? And if, if it is, what weight do you choose? Do you go by the charts, your height and body shape? Yeah, so they can they can certainly help you narrow it down. Um, but um, a, a lot of times it's really it's really a, a preference, um, and it's going to be unique for each person. And you know, weight um, you know it's going to be dependent on on your body structure as well. So if you carry a lot of your weight is just naturally going to be a little bit higher than someone else's. So there's no right weight when you're 58 years old. You know, there's no right weight when, you know, you, you can't go by strict things like that. 
Um, but I think most of us have had that time in our lives where we felt really good at this weight. Um, so really, honestly, when you're looking at picking a goal weight, that is, that is perfectly okay to, to use a parameter like that. Right, right. So it's really just knowing yourself, knowing when you're comfortable with your weight before and, and going for that same weight again. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because that's your body. But then again, when you're older, less may, you may have less muscle mass. Okay. And so, yeah, I guess you've got to take that into account as well. You, you do, you do. Um, but, you know, really for somebody else to tell you that, you know, it's, you, they can help you get into the range, but it's really, it really comes down to where you're comfortable. Right. Now we're going to talk about addiction, sugar addiction. Yeah. How do we break that? That's got to be the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell you, John, one of the things I like to say is that uh, I, was I was addicted to sugar and I have the cavities to prove it. Um, <laughs> I, I would daydream about sugar. I would, you know, when I was in, in um, my, you know, teens, 20s, um, it was a it was a real problem. I would wake up with it on my mind in the morning. I would go to bed with it at night. Um, I, I don't have that any anymore. And you know, a lot of a lot of people that you know I work with, they don't they don't have that obsession anymore. So, how do you break free from that? Yes. Well, um, it's it's not. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's easy. Um, but what you do is that you. Um, what I like to say is make sure that you're adding as you as you subtract. So um, a lot of people we get disgusted with ourselves and we want to react, right? And so we just say I'm I'm never eating sugar again. That's fine, um, but we tend to take out the sugar and then we're like, well now what do I eat? And so we we don't replace it with anything and we end up just kind of you know starving ourselves. We don't. You know, it's like, well, I, maybe I'll just eat nothing. Well, that seems like a good, good idea, right? Well, that, that will backfire. Um, so what we want to do is add as we're sub subtracting. So the high volume foods like the salad and the vegetables, those are good things to add into the, into the diet. They're going to take a long time in your digestive tract. So that's going to keep hunger from, from coming on healthy fats are wonderful for hunger satiation um, they so they will keep hunger and, and cravings away and when you get off of when you get off of sugar and you start to have these healthy fats when you have these more um, the salads and the vegetables in your in your diet what you're doing for yourself is that you're keeping your blood sugar level um, at a nice stable level yes. and that uh, cuts down on the times where you get that that low sugar crash. Those are those times where you just feel like you know I have to eat something now, right? And you just and what do you want? You don't want you know celery or something like that. You want you know something high and like a cookie, cookies, cakes, or candies, right? The three C's. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so so those are two those are two factors that it's really important when you decide I'm going to give up sugar make sure you're getting lots of volume in your diet which is going to come from vegetables as your as your primary and you add healthy fats when you do those two things you can wean yourself off of sugar yes and get through a couple of days and it will get easier and and easier for you 
but you do have to go through that. You have to go through that little withdrawal period. And I was, gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say I can't sugarcoat that, but that would be that would be. <laughs> yes, there is that. You do have to travel down that path, and it's hard. It's it hard. Yeah, it's it's an addictive. You, you know, you, you were talking about sugar addiction. That's a very good term. It is an addictive substance, and you will go through withdrawal when you stop eating it. And people will, uh, I mean, this, this can uh, fatigue for sure. Lots of very extreme cravings um, for, you know, for a couple of days. Mm. Um, and um, uh, just, just a general ill feeling. Um, this is what I call, this is why I call, call it the sugar trap. Because you start to, if you get off of sugar and you've been eating a lot of it, mm. you will feel pretty bad for a couple of days. The way to feel better instantly, eat some sugar. So it's like this trap, right? It's, it's, uh, that's that addictive side of it. Um, You have to stay, you know, you have to stay your course and the way you stay your course is volume, good healthy fats, those types of things. Yes, yes. Hmm, why? Now this is a question for um, all the guys watching, and I'm sure lots of ladies as well. Why is beer so fattening? Something which is so nutritious. It's got all the essential macro and micronutrients that we need to survive. We can survive on beer alone. Yeah. So let me ask you, why, why do you say it's fattening? Well, there's um, most people that go to the bar and, and drink beer, they get a, a beer belly. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. And the reason I asked that, um, I've done some deep dives into alcohol and, and weight loss. Yes. And I will, I will tell you, John, um, many of them um, are, are showing that moderate, now and well-defined, we have to define what moderate means, um, uh, alcohol consumption is, is not, uh, did not show weight gain in in these studies um now we're talking moderate so what does moderate mean that means about four liters or less doesn't it or gallon or less per day okay so you're going to talk so i'll talk u.s terms here but uh oh no uh, gallons a gallon a day (laughs) no well a gallon uh okay so uh but then excessive and and i started (laughs) excessive then obviously was causing weight weight gain but um, it, it was it was surprising um, the amount of research that I went through that was showing that moderate alcohol intake was was not causing weight gain. So we're talking about um, um, gosh, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was it was uh, like we're talking we're talking beer, wine, and, and spirits. Yes. So um, uh, beer. I, I believe it was when they were talking about moderate. Now each study would have a little bit of a different definition, but we would be talking about like two, two beers for a woman and, and uh, three for a man, like a 12 ounce beer or whatever okay. would be, would be considered moderate. Anything above that, you know, then we're teetering. And of course we're going to have to consider how big the woman or man is. Mm. Um, wine, I believe was a, a four ounce uh, glass of, glass of wine um, and maybe for for a male it was higher than that um, and spirits I'm sure it was probably in, in an ounce or something like that so so we're talking maybe you know with, with the higher alcohol 
content. Um, we're talking about a drink a, a day, maybe beer, you could maybe get away with two, but okay. um, I know it was surprising. It was surprising. So, I mean, because obviously we would think, oh yeah, that's, that's going to cause you gain weight. That, that, that'll cause, you know, it's a no brainer, but it, it wasn't across, it wasn't across the board. So it's more probably the fact that you're sitting down to drink the beer and talk to your friends about politics and more and other important issues yeah. rather than out there exercising, moving. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, so, so we have some um, habits that go along with drinking, right? So <laughs> if, you're, if you're at a, a bar and you're having uh, nachos every time that you're right. having Right. So, are they the sneaky culprits? Really? Yeah. And, and, the, and the salted peanuts, I suppose you're going to tell me then. Yeah. 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 So, and, and also we have to, we have to, you know, we have to talk about um, lowering inhibitions when we drink alcohol too. So, so it's not, um, so, so what I'm saying is that the research does not show that the alcohol, like just drinking the alcohol itself in moderation contributed substantially to weight gain. But, We've got what do we eat when we when we're drinking, and we also have um, the fact that alcohol will lower your inhibitions, which may cause you to, you know, eat something that you maybe wouldn't have had before, or eat more, or something like. That. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. ah. Now you've mentioned vegetables. I was wondering if you could tell us what are the first go-to vegetables. If you're wanting to lose weight, put bulk in your intestines and make yourself so you don't feel the hunger pangs. Gives your body something to work on and doesn't add to your existing fat. It helps you lose weight. Yeah. So there's two categories, main categories of vegetables, uh, non-starchy vegetables and starchy vegetables. Okay. So we want to go with the non-starchy vegetables. Um, they are going to be um, one way to think of it, and it's, this isn't maybe a um, you know this has some exceptions, uh, but the vegetables that tend to be harvested in the in the fall, uh, so they've stayed on the vine for longer or whatever, they they create a more starch in them, so they are going to be starchier vegetables. So we're talking about like butternut squash, um, um, you know, we can put potatoes in there um so, so chips are out yeah chips are chips are out um uh, corn corn is a uh, starchy vegetable so those those types of of vegetables are not going to help us okay. we have a weight problem they're not going to be beneficial to us uh what we want to do is pick the ones that are that are your non-starchy vegetables um, one way to think of them, I like to think of is if you put it on a salad, it's, there's a good chance it's a non-starchy vegetable. So we have like our lettuce, right? And then we've got, uh, cucumbers. Um, we can throw tomatoes in there. Technically they're a fruit, right? But we can, uh, we can throw them in there. Um, uh, uh, and it's spinach, uh, broccoli, cauliflower, those types of, of, uh, vegetables are non-starchy. So those are going to be your better choices. Great. Right. Are there any other mistakes that we haven't covered during our conversation? Um, people... Probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, do you, yeah. do... Sorry. Oh, well, do people, do you see a common mistake that people make when they're dieting, apart from just eating less and trying to grunt their way through? 
they die. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's certainly a, a lot of, a lot of things. Um, and, and a lot of things are, um, uh, so, some are, one, one thing I'm thinking of is, um, you know, falling for, uh, food manufacturers labels, <laughs> you know, they, they can put things on labels like, um, you know, made, made with, made with fresh apples. Uh, but then when you look at it, it's, it's basically nothing much better than a potato chip because it's been, you know, cut to the thinnest uh, it can be. It's fried in uh, bad vegetable oils, which are, are fat that I, I don't recommend vegetable oils. Um, and it's, it's got uh, a lot of preservatives and things like this. So um, one of our biggest hurdles to get over is, is not paying attention to what's on the front of the package and what they're all the pretty stuff and turn it over and look at the nutrients is sugar one of those top three ingredients then uh, you know that's got to go back on the shelf for instance i noticed that when i do look at the ingredients i make this mistake becky and i do look at the label um it's either high in sugar or if they say it's low in sugar it's it is high in fat not maybe it is high in fat and vice versa it's never low in both it's, it's, it's yeah yeah um yeah, I mean that's uh, that that seems to be true. But you know, if you think about it, and I, I don't know if this is the whole story, but uh, both of them add a lot of flavor, right? So if you mm. you know, fat is a, a very flavorful um, nutrient, um, mm. so is sugar. So you know, we we can take put one in the in the food item or the other and still have a very palatable uh, foods. Yeah. You mentioned bad oils. Can you can you tell us some, please? Tell us which yeah. one to definitely avoid. Yeah. So um, this is a this is a, a topic that could probably fill up a, a, an entire talk. But um, vegetable oils are uh, very inflammatory in in our body, and they are not very stable oils. So we're talking about um, we have um, you can break oils down into polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, and saturated, right? Mm -hmm. um, the more, actually, the more saturated a uh, oil is, the more heat tolerant it is. So it's actually better for cooking. Mm -hmm. But what we have started, what we have done is we've taken vegetable oils, which are very, which are mostly polyunsaturated oils, and we use them for cooking. We use them in fast food fryers. Uh, we, we use them at, at home. Uh, so mm -hmm. vegetable oils are vegetable oils, soybean oil, uh, sunflower oil, safflower oil. These are, these are um, mainly polyunsaturated fats, mm -hmm. uh, oils that um, through their processing, they've been processed with high heat to extract them. And so they've already they've already changed um, to a in more inflammatory fat even before, you know, we start to cook with them. Right. And would olive oil be grouped in that? Yeah. So olive oil is a mono is mostly monounsaturated. Um, yeah. And uh, I will say personally, I, I don't use it for cooking. Um, what I will use for cooking more is avocado oil um, because it is just a little bit more heat stable than 
than olive oil. Um, and olive oil varies quite a bit in, in, its, in its quality. You really have to look hard for a good quality um, yeah. olive oil. So um, I do like olive oil for, for non-cooking purposes, like vegetable, um, making salad dressing, for instance. Right. But that would be uh, more my if you have arteriosclerosis, if you've got um, a thickening of the uh, blood vessel walls through a plaque buildup, um, would a diet help reduce that, reducing your body fat? Uh, di well, diet will certainly uh, Im improve cardiovascular markers. Yes. Uh, now, if you have the plaque and it's well established, will it be reversed solely by diet? Uh, it's, you know, that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge, but, um, that has a, that has a, you know, the, the placking of the arteries has so much to do with diet. Okay. So you can, what you're saying is reduce the, um, reduce the amount of buildup that, um, that continues if you improve your yeah. diet and improve your oils. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good way to say it. You can suppress okay. the, the growth of the of the of the plaque for sure right yeah reversing it you know i've i've seen some some things on on doing that but uh yeah that's you know i, I would look at stabilizing it right we haven't talked much about exercise mm -hmm. in the summer and exercise of course is a big part in weight loss and general body health um do you have any advice on people that haven't exercised for a long time and yeah. wish to dip their toe into the water, so yeah. to speak, figuratively speaking, yeah. and, uh, and start becoming fitter. How, how would you suggest people do this? Yeah, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great goal, and exercise is wonderful for, for your body. Um, so when, when I start with working with somebody, um, what you first have to look at is, is what is your overall goal? So has this person been overweight and that's really what they want? They want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. um, I would start that person, surprisingly, on much lighter exercise. Um, okay. and here's the reason. Uh, if you jump right into exercise, um, you, it will increase your appetite um, and that will, make it, that will make it very challenging you to focus on on both aspects at the same time right what i would like to do with somebody is in that situation is get them started give them you know just a month of of lighter exercise just and and really that's nothing more than increasing physical activity okay okay so moving, moving more um and take that time and really get the diet under control and at that time you feel more like moving um and and you're you know you're a little bit lighter you just now it's you have the diet under control and it's a little bit more on autopilot now you can start to move into exercise and and i will tell you some resistance exercise is is absolutely in my book um the the best the best way to to go adding some resistance weightlifting, weight training that type of thing i guess that would add to your body muscle mass Absolutely. And the muscles then do the can raise your resting energy requirements. You got it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. It makes make, makes good sense. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to the end of the summer. Would you like to close by um, giving a one sentence or less? 
That is the challenge, the summer challenge for yeah. today. Uh, advice for people that have until viewing the summer thought, well, it's, it's starting just too much like hard work and it's not fun. What mm -hmm. can they do to start? So for uh, if somebody says that uh, dieting is no fun, I don't want to, but I want to lose weight. Well, that's the thing. Dieting isn't fun, is it? Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be horrible. I will tell you. If you're if you're choosing the right foods, you can. Um, dieting does not have to be horrible. Is that is that a, is that a sentence? That is, is a that sentence. A, yes, but there was a bit of a comma in there. But that's still it's yeah. a, bit of a compound sentence. But we we accept right. those on a on a um, Thursday in China. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh, just one thing I wanted to ask you. When you're watching TV and you've got your snack bowl beside you. My what? Your snack bowl beside you while you're watching TV. That's a bad idea, right? Because you're an autopilot. If you okay. have to, Oh, snack bowl. Okay. But, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, it's, um, it must be the connection. Oh, yes. It can't be my accent. Um, what, <laughs> what would you rather have inside that snack bowl to replace the popcorn and uh, peanuts and other things? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to have to keep to my, my rule three hours before bed. Stopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's not a whole lot that you can choose at that time and at that time of night. No, no, I always got you there. I <laughs> always got you. You're going to end on, on that, huh? So, <laughs> no, you're, you're pretty sharp. You're pretty sharp. You realize I was cornering you there. That's fantastic. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming on the Sam. It was, it was fun having you on. We've learned so much. It was, it was really surprising for me to hear that yeah. fat yeah. and oils, good oils, mm -hmm. is advantageous for losing weight. And what you're saying about stopping those peaks in the insulin, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for that. Sometimes you have to just prove it to yourself. It is a hard, it is a hard thing to accept because we've had so many our lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people have, would have been going through these uh, Weight Watchers points system where you just got to, it's only numbers. It's simplified. It's dumbed down. But the, the bigger picture is not taken into account. Our yeah. body's ability to use what's being consumed. That is. I wish that would have been my last sentence. That was um, exactly. That was um, a perfect. The, yeah. There was a, a quote from uh, Dr. Becky uh, Gillespie, which is just about the same. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the show. It has been real fun. Yeah. You have a great evening. I hope you haven't eaten because you're going to. Yeah. It's now. <laughs> yeah. Now I now I live by I live by my rules. <laughs> good on you. Fantastic. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks, John. All right. You have a good uh, good day. Will do. Bye bye.